Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start. And after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service. Hey church, we want to say thank you for coming and worshiping with us this morning. I want to invite you to go ahead and share this link and click the share button uh, with all your friends, family, co-workers, everybody out there you know. Uh, so they can come and, and hear some of this awesome message that Pastor Jared's about to share with us here today. So, once again, we appreciate y'all for coming and spending some time with us here on this Sunday morning. And let's worship. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hand, my name is written on his Righteousness, 
the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior. Like sweet, sweet honey 
honey on my lips Like the sound of a symphony to my ears Like holy water, your forgiveness Is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips Like the sound of a symphony to my ears Like holy water on my skin Oh, it's like holy water on my skin It's like holy water on my skin Hey God, we just want to come and say thank you for everything that you do for us on a daily basis. I um, want to just say thank you for being that holy water on our skin and for blessing us each and every day. And I want to thank you just so much for loving us unconditionally. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hi, thank you for joining us online today. I'm Pastor Jared Kirk at Renewal Church, and I can't wait till we can meet together in person, but when that day does come, we'll continue to live stream so that those of you who are joining us from around the world can keep joining in. I wanna start off today thinking about prayers that God doesn't answer. You know, we take prayer requests on the website of our church and we crossed a, a cool milestone this past week. We had our 900th prayer request come in online that we prayed for and we reach out and let the person know that we're praying for them. And of all the 900 prayer requests, there is one that came in that is my absolute favorite of all time. And I want to share it with you right now. Here's how it goes. It's anonymous. It says, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Jesus, Thank you for hearing my prayers and encouraging us to think big and pray big. Strong start. I love it so far. Let's keep going. I ask of you to give me $128 million for free, no strings attached. And this cracks me up every time I read it because it's like, not only is it asking for millions of dollars, but it's like, hey, make sure there's no strings attached to the money when you give it to me. And a brand new Bentley which that's the best part of the whole prayer because obviously this is a person who's never been wealthy before because if you have $128 million, you don't need a Bentley. You can go buy one. And he says this, so I never have to go back to work and put myself at risk of getting infected with coronavirus or other man-made diseases from China. And so the prayer goes a little MAGA there for a minute. And it comes back and it says, I promise to be a gentleman throughout life, which is good. Stay safe at home, drive safely in my car, and be socially responsible and generous, and set up a charity foundation. Gotta love that part. In your mighty name, Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. Now, in fairness, I did pray for that prayer request, but I did not pray for the $128 million and a Bentley. And I never heard back from this person, but I'm just guessing. Maybe 
God never answered this particular prayer. I could be wrong. There could be some dude cruising around in a Bentley, just loaded with backpacks full of cash, setting up a charity foundation and living as a perfect gentleman somewhere. But I'm just guessing that this is a prayer God didn't answer. You know, we're talking today about the kinds of prayers that God does answer. And for most of us, we know the heartache of actually having prayers go unanswered for quite some time. I've shared with you before how there was a period in the history of Renewal Church where there was a church building. It was literally a half block from where we were meeting. You could pick up a rock and hit it. It was that close. And it sat there empty for years while we were meeting down the down the street in a rented space. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and it never came to pass. I prayed for years and the prayer went unanswered. Now with enough time and enough perspective, you can see, okay, God, I see what you were doing there, but it was an unanswered prayer and it was a hard season of saying like, God, why not? God, why not? Why not answer this prayer? Why not do this big thing on my behalf? Sometimes it's big, huge things like that. Sometimes it's just personal things. We know the pain of Praying for God to say, God, would you fix my marriage? God, would you heal my relationship with my kids? God, would you heal my body physically? God, would you help me to achieve that dream that you put in my mind all those years ago? God, would you help me to grieve the loss of that person? I just can't get over it. God, would you help me to forgive? And we pray and pray and pray and pray, and it never seems to happen. You know, even if you're not a person of faith and you're not a, a praying person, you know that same, that same heartache of having that longing in your life for so long, but nothing ever seems to change. And maybe you're out of ideas and you're out of options and you just say, I don't know what to do. And when those unfulfilled longings and prayers happen in our life for long enough, it starts to create some real turmoil in our soul. And we say, God, can you hear me? God, are you even there? God, do you actually care about what's going on in my life? And so it's so important that when we pray, we pray in a way that God hears and God answers. And today, I'm gonna to talk to you about prayers that God answers because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. And so if you, if you take nothing else away from this, just knowing that there is a kind of prayer from righteous person that is powerful and effective and God listens to those prayers in your life. Now, I'm not gonna give you a formula today. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could say if you if you do these three things in your life and you pray these words and you say it ten times and you get into this position, you hold your hands just like this, then God's gonna give you what you want. It, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. God is not a cosmic vending machine. He's not just out there in outer space just waiting to give you exactly what you ask for because it's a relationship. It, it doesn't work quite like that. But there are kinds of prayers that God loves to answer, and there are keys to answered prayer that we find in the scriptures, and that's what I wanna share with you today because this has the power to change your life, to change our world, and change the way that you live and pray every single day. Now, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna look in the Bible at a letter that was written by a guy named James, and James was the brother of Jesus, and James came to be a follower of Jesus. It wasn't when Jesus was teaching around uh, Galilee. It wasn't when Jesus died on the cross. 
It was after that when Jesus rose from the dead, James encountered his, he watched his brother die and then he encountered his brother later and he said, oh, you are the sinless son of God who died for the sins of the whole world. So much so that James, so much changed in James' perception that he would pray, um, you know, in Jesus' name. Now, I have a sister. I love my sister. Her name is Jessica Lee Kirk. Nothing she has ever done or ever will do will even make me consider praying to God and in the name of Jessica Lee Kirk, I pray, amen. I just am never gonna think about that. I'm never gonna do that. But James had a shift in his understanding about his brother Jesus when he encountered him risen from the dead. And he learned something about Jesus and he learned something about prayer. And he wants to pass that wisdom on to Christians in the first century. We, we have all these letters that were written to the very earliest Christians in the first century. And we collected all those together. Instead of letters, we call them books. For some reason, nobody knows why. And that's our New Testament. And James was writing to a group of people who were going through all kinds of trouble, all kinds of trials, all kinds of unrest, all kinds of injustice, all kinds of sickness, any kind of trouble. And he wants to talk to them about prayer. So as we listen in on this conversation between James and a lot of people think this was the first letter written in our New Testament to these earliest Christians, we learn about the kinds of prayer that God answers. So let's take a listen in the book of James. Here's what it says, James 5, 13 through 18 today. He says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now, a couple of things I want to point out to you. And the first thing is just simply this. The way you live matters, according to James. The message version of the Bible, which is a paraphrase, puts it this way. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful, to be reckoned with. When you, when you live a life that's in alignment with God, God tends to hear and answer those prayers. Instead of the, the emphasis here being on going and finding a righteous person, it's on being a righteous person. And when you, when you are living God's way and you are following God in your life, you start to desire what God desires. You start to want what God wants. You start to follow God's will for your life. And the more you want what he wants, the more your will aligns with his. And when you pray, you pray things God loves to answer. The Psalms uh, 37.4 says it this way. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you make the, the highest goal of your life, I'm gonna follow God with my life he starts to give you the desires of your heart. And one of the reasons why is what your heart wants starts to change. James, over, his overarching point here is that your life matters in your prayers. That's why he says the prayer of a righteous person. 
Now that may not have been what you were taught growing up. A lot of people were taught that it's not your life that makes a difference, but it's the words you say. And so maybe when you were growing up, they said, hey, here are two or three or four prayers we want you to memorize. And if you say these words in this way, God is gonna answer your prayers. But that's not what James says. You may have been taught that it was the number of times that you pray. And so, you know, you say, you say this prayer nine times or 10 times, but that's not what James says. In fact, Jesus, even one time when Jesus was teaching, he said, Hey, listen, when you pray, don't babble on like the pagans do. They think they're going to be heard because they talk a lot, but your heavenly father already knows what you need. So it's not the number of words that you say. You may have even been taught that your prayers are more likely to be answered based on who you pray to. And so you, maybe you were taught, you know, I lost this thing, so I need to pray to this guy. I, I, um, or I have, I, the patron saint of lost causes is June. So it's, this is a lost cause. I need, to, I need to pray to Jude, the patron saint of lost causes, but not according to James here. Because think about it, you know, James is a family member of Jesus. And so if anybody here has an, he was a leader of the early church. He was like the leader. And so if anybody here had a claim to say like, listen, if you really need prayer in your life, come and talk to me, James, and I'll talk to Jesus. But there's none of that in here. In fact, if I was James, I'd be kind of like a little bit offended by it. Like, Jesus, you remember me, right? We used to we used, to play, uh, we used to play rabbi together back on the Galilee seashores, right? We, we played tag together. What's the deal? We played kill the centurion together when we were kids, but no special treatment. No, James here, emphasis is not on who you pray to. It's on how you live. He says the prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. And so we have to focus on becoming the kind of person whose will is lined up with God. Now, let me just give you a pro tip here because anytime you talk about righteousness, it's super dangerous and the danger is self-righteousness. And so here's the little thing I say to remember that. People who think about their own rightness end up self-righteous. But people who think about their wrongness end up righteous. Right? Because if you're focusing on like, well, where can I change? How can I grow and improve and what needs to be changed about my life? Then you end up righteous. But if you're always thinking about how right you are, you just end up self-righteous. So the first thing was the way you live matters. The prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. The second thing I want to point out here is that God heals in response to prayers of faith. And I just think, you know, this is so obvious, but I don't want to pass by it. Uh, James here says, if you're sick, you know, call the elders of the church. Now, elders and pastors in the New Testament are the same thing. And so he says, call the church leaders, have them pray over you. Now, if you're not a Christian, this may sound really weird to you. And like, I get it. And so he said, hey, call them over you. They're going to put oil on your forehead. A lot of times they make the sign of the cross with oil and they're going to pray for you. And the, they'll pray in faith. And the Greek here implies that prayers that originate from faith or prayers that originate in faith have the power to heal. Now, if you're not a Christian... This is just bonus content for you. Like if you if you don't if you're like I'm not sure about all this stuff, you could try it. You could call church leaders and have them pray for you and maybe it would help spark faith in your life. But if you're a Christian, you say I need people to pray in faith over me if I'm sick and they will be healed. Now, the objection to this, the question of this for modern people with scientific worldviews is we always say like every time. Like you say if they pray in faith, the person will be healed every time. And I just don't see that in here because I, I don't think James was writing this like, well, we've solved death. No one's ever going to die again. You guys, you guys, we are going to be good. These early Christians, we're going to live forever because now we have prayer 
and we have faith, and so no more death. I mean, it just, it, it's not, it's clearly not what his emphasis was. His emphasis was just to remind all of us, like, listen, God moves in response to faith. God heals in response to prayer. And so don't neglect that. Like, dig in on that and trust God in the middle of that. And don't neglect to pray for those who are sick. In our church, we have a 7 p.m. prayer gathering every night. And one of the things we consistently pray for is those who are sick from COVID-19 or from other things. And we constantly, constantly pray for those who are sick. Now, the last thing I want to show you from this text is that God listens to human prayers. And that may seem obvious to you. That may seem overly simple. But James here brings up Elijah at the end. And the reason that he does this is because Elijah was a really, he was a really special guy. You know, a lot of people think that miracles just happened constantly in the Bible. But you know, most of the people whose names were recorded in the Bible never saw a miracle in their lifetime. Most miracles in the Bible were grouped into three periods. The first one was Moses and his successor, Joshua. The last one was Jesus and his successor, the apostles. But there was a guy in between those named Elijah and his successor, Elisha. And that's when most of the really shocking, incredible, awe-inspiring miracles of the Bible happened. And so Elijah was a guy that when he prayed, man, things happened, including that time that he prayed that there wouldn't be rain for three and a half years and it didn't rain because he was a savage and it completely changed the course of a nation. That's Elijah. And so when, when James says Elijah was a human just like us, he has to say that because when you hear Elijah, you're like, he's not like us. Like I, I've never accomplished that kind of thing in my life. But James' point is really simple here, that the gap between us and Elijah is like this big, but the gap between all humans and their creator is like this big. It's just this enormous gap. And so his point is, listen, Elijah may have been a special person, but he's still a human. And human prayers can move heaven. Human prayers can move heaven. They can move God to act. And so don't neglect that. Don't minimize yourself. Don't say, well, I'm not Elijah. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, I'm not a prophet. I'm not this powerful person. I don't have much faith. It's like human prayers can move heaven because if Elijah was human and he moved heaven, the same thing can be true of us. Now, in just a second, I want to share with you some really practical ways that I think that we can amp up our prayer lives and that we can live our entire life in such a way that we believe that our prayers move heaven. But before we do that, I want to share an interview with you that I did this week with a friend of mine named Rob Connolly. He's planting a church in Brockton. It was supposed to be this fall, but I think it's going to be this spring. And I wanted to hear from, I wanted you to hear from him about how he, what he's learned about prayer on this journey. Take a listen. Hey, Rob Connolly, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, buddy. It's good to hear from you. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. For you, when was the moment that you realized that prayer really changes things? Um, for me, it was actually early on in my, in my walk with God. I, I actually gave my life to, to God at um, age of 17. I met my wife at 19, and we got married when I was 23. So there was a lot happening in my life, you know, going from a, a young adult to an adult. And uh, so I had a lot of questions uh, to ask God. So uh, early on for me, uh, there was a lot of things that, that came into play. I was looking for an apartment when I was getting married and uh, that would make you pray. Yep. That would definitely make you pray. And um, at the time I've never lived on my own. I had just moved out of my mother's house and um, I needed an apartment and I couldn't find one anywhere. And uh, I was praying at home one day 
and somebody was calling me on the phone and I'm in the middle of prayer. So I'm getting aggravated that somebody's calling while I'm praying. So I finished praying, I picked up the phone and it was a friend of my mother's and I was telling her, you know, how my day was going. I was, you know, looking for an apartment because I'm getting married. And she said, oh, I'll, I'll talk to the apartment complex uh, manager where I live because I'm moving out of here because I'm moving into my, to my mother's house because my mother passed away and I'm taking her house. I said, great. So I was like, whatever. Now, mind you, fast forward in the story a little bit. I actually worked in the apartment complex business for 10 years. So I know how hard it is to find, the, find an apartment. There's people who wait years to find an apartment. Yeah. Anyway, I go to this apartment complex the next day. I tell them my name. I go sit down in the lobby. Before I could sit down, the manager comes out and says, um, hey, Mr. Connolly, we have an apartment for you. I said, excuse me? <laughs> so I was like, okay. But then, so I sit down and I asked, and uh, we were going over the paperwork. And the lady said, um, well, all we have is a two-bedroom apartment. I didn't have much money. And I was like, well, I can't afford a two-bedroom apartment. I'll, I'll just take the one-bedroom, please. She said, well, we don't have any of that. We just have a two-bedroom apartment. What I didn't know, but what God knew, is that when I got married, my wife was going to get pregnant on our honeymoon. So we were going to need a two-bedroom apartment. Now, the other part I'll tell you about this story is that when I had asked my wife to marry me, um, I didn't even have money for a ring. <laughs> so my best friend gave me down payment money for a ring and I opened up a building jewelers account. So, and then as I stepped out on faith there, God blessed me with like three jobs. So I had like three jobs, but when I was going for this apartment, they said, uh, we need some credit. I said, I don't have credit cards. I don't have any credit. Yeah. They said, well, we're running anyway. So here I go praying again. Now I'm telling my fiance, we're praying, we're praying. I'm like, I come this close and I'm not going to get this apartment. She couldn't use her credit because she had just bought a car. So then we come back the next day and the manager says, well, not only do you have credit, but you have perfect credit. I said, how in the world do I have perfect credit? She said, well, you bought a ring at Belden's Jewelers and you paid it off? I said, man, me being faithful showed me that prayer actually worked. That's <laughs> so awesome. that's, that's when I first realized prayer is a powerful tool. Prayer changes things, man. I love that. Now, right now, you're a little bit further down the line in the journey. You're planting a yes, church sir. in Stockton. And yes. what's, what's going on in your prayer life now that, that you're in the middle of the church planting journey? Well, if, uh, unless you've been under a rock, you know that uh, the year 2020 is the year of the coronavirus. Yes. And it's also the year of uh, a heightened resurgence of, of racism. Right. So uh, at some point I thought God was playing a trick on me. Like you called me to plan a church this year, this, this year. So, um, you know, the old saying goes, if you want to make God laugh, tell me your plans, you know? And so I had a bunch of plans on how I was going to start a church this year and quickly that got scrapped. So we all had to pray. My team, we all had to get down on our knees and pray. And one scripture really stuck out to me, and that was uh, Romans 8.28, which says that um, all things work together for the good of those who love them. And <clears throat> I had to, you know, I've come so far in my walk with God, I said, there's no way I'm not going to believe him now. I'm like, you're not crazy. You called me to plant this church, and all this happened. So um, we, had, we had to pray and, and say, God, well, 
usually we want to go out to the community and let the community know and let the leaders of our city know, hey, we are church who are here for you. We're not trying to take stuff from you. We're trying to give some to you. Right. We're trying to uplift our city. How can we do that when we can't go outside and meet people? Well, um, there were a couple of um, uh, rallies that were taking place. Um, and being a leader in a city, you know, I was involved in those, in those rallies. Next thing I know, I'm on this news channel. I'm in this newspaper. And um, then God put it on my heart for me to uh, pray for our city. And next thing you know, I get in contact with some people and get in contact with the mayor. Now we're having all of the leaders for the first time in many years, having all of these pastors come to city hall and praying. And I was a big part of that. So next thing you know, I got this, uh, you know, community engagement that I didn't see coming. And now we had a presence in the, in the city, you know, we're cleaning up the city with some other leaders. And next thing you know, they're asking me to pray. And I just had a meeting with a police officer, we're about to have another one with the mayor. I'm praying with the mayor every two weeks through Zoom. It's like, okay, God, I guess all things do work together. Yeah, and prayer is opening all those doors, man. That's incredible. Hey, yeah. let, let, let's close it this way. Why don't you give us the give our church and anybody watching online the, the one biggest thing they could pray for you right now. And then if they wanted to support you financially or continue to pray for you, how could they get in touch with you? Um, yeah, so uh, the one thing that uh, you can pray for us right now is uh, really, um, you know, God knows we, we need a, a financial blessing to continue this journey. Um, but uh, I also would love to pray that, you know, there's more people come alongside us on this journey. Uh, to help us uh, take care of the work that is that is here for us. I love that, man. Hey, if people want to support you financially and pray for you, where can they get in touch with you? So we are going live with our website in about a week, and our okay. website is resurrectchurch.com, uh, and resurrect is spelled R-E-Z-A-R-E-C. So that's R-E-Z-A-R-E-C, resurrectchurch.com. Um, also, um, you can, uh, we have a giving link called easy tide, easy tide.com, um, forward slash resurrect church. That's so good. that's, that's easy. We'll um, the word easy, the word tide, uh, uh, forward slash resurrect church. So they should be able to find us there. Awesome, man. I'll put those, both of those links in the description on our service this week so people can find it. Rob, thank right. you so much for joining us today. Hey, Jared, thank you for being blessed and thank you church for being a blessing as well. All right. Take care. Such good stuff from my friend Rob Connolly. I hope you're going to hear from him more at our church and get to know him. I hope that we can support him more and more as a church as he starts his church in Brockton. Now, here we're coming back to this. We're going to live like prayer moves heaven. And I want to share with you as we kind of wrap up our message, some practical ways that you can live like prayer moves heaven. James himself shares three keys with us. And here they are. Three keys to prayer God answers. Number one, the first key is relationship. James says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And the first part of righteousness is relationship with our righteous God. Relationship is the first part of righteousness. And doesn't it make sense that if your prayers are going to be answered, relationship helps that? Um, If you were going to go make a request of the CEO of your company, would it be easier or harder if you already had a relationship with them? You know, an ask is always easier in the context of a relationship. And I just know some of you have been praying for something for years. You've been saying, God, fix my marriage. God, bring my kid home. God, heal my body. God, help me forgive. God, help me get over. 
and you've been asking and asking and asking, but you don't have a relationship. And you know, I, I, I don't want to be too harsh with it, but I mean, it does show that essentially what you're wanting is you're wanting things from God without wanting a relationship with God. And man, you're missing out on the best part. Knowing God is better than any, any prayer he'll ever answer for you. And in fact, that blocks your prayers from being answered. James, way earlier in the letter, in the first chapter says this, or excuse me, the fourth chapter, he says this, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. <laughs> and so, you know, I don't want you to miss out on having your prayers answered because you don't have a relationship with God. That's something you could fix today. I mean, today you could put that faith into words and say, God, I want you more than anything you could do for me. I want a relationship with you so that prayer is an expression of that relationship. And you'll find over time that God changes your heart and your desires and your prayers start to line up with his will and your prayers start to be answered. It is one of those benefits and blessings of having a relationship with God. But the relationship itself is the greatest blessing. I, my wife, Heather, and I have been married. It'll be 15 years this fall. And I ask her to do stuff for me all the time. Like, that's just marriage, right? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? It goes both ways. But there is nothing she does for me that's a greater blessing in my life than my relationship with her. And it's the same way with God. And if you've been asking for things but missing out on the relationship, I'm gonna pray a prayer at the end of the message today just to put that faith into words and to start a relationship with God. And maybe God's calling you to do that today. You can let us know if you wanna take that step by filling out the online connection card. We ask every person to do it every week and check the box that says, I wanna start a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time today. Or maybe it's the first time in a long time. So the first key to prayer God answers is relationship. The second key is alignment. Alignment. Prayers that move heaven come from people who live in alignment. Now, what is alignment? If you've ever had a car, you know that alignment is when your steering wheel and your wheels are pointed the exact same direction. And when your car is out of alignment, your steering wheel is pointed this way, but your car is drifting off the road. Or if you pull it back, it starts to shudder. And it doesn't have that peak performance that it could have because it's out of alignment. And alignment is how I like to talk about this righteous living that James talks about. It's really kind of this simple thought is, do your, do your actions and your life line up with your beliefs? Or are they out of alignment? You see, Praying prayers that move heaven is not just about the words you say or the way you say it. It's also about living a life of integrity, a life of alignment. And so maybe your next step is just to pray this simple prayer each morning this week. You say, I can pray a one sentence prayer seven times. I can do that. And here's what it is. God, show me where I can change my life to match my beliefs. That's it. God, show me where I can change my life to match my beliefs. And if you pray that for these next seven days, I'm, I'm telling you, God shows up. He, he responds to prayer. He'll help bring alignment into your life and help you live a righteous kind of life. Maybe, maybe you know where that area is already. Maybe you say, I need to live with my finances in a way that matches God's will for my life. I need to live out my marriage and love my spouse in a way that matches um, God's plan for marriage, or my, I need to live out my singleness in a way that matches God's design for singleness. And you know what that is already. So what you can do is you can check the box on our online connection card 
and we'll send you a card in the mail that you can print out at home and uh, we'll email you a card that you can print out at home and put it somewhere where you can see it so that every morning this week you can pray that prayer. God, where can I change my life to match my beliefs? All right, so three keys to prayer God answers. The first one is relationship. The second one is alignment. And the third one is faith. Faith. James makes a huge deal out of faith. Whether it's Elijah's faith that stops the rain or the the faith of people who are being prayed for who are sick or the the faith of elders who are are praying and someone is miraculously healed of their sickness, Um, James says faith is an important key. In fact, in the first chapter of James, he says this, but when you ask, he's talking about prayer, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. You know, all throughout the Bible, God loves big, bold faith. He loves people who believe that he can do the impossible. He loves prayers that move heaven. And you might say, Pastor Jay, I don't, I don't really have faith like that. I, I just, I, I don't know. I wish I did. I see people who seem to have it. I don't know how to get there in my life. And let me encourage you with this, that if you have enough, uh, if you have enough faith to pray a prayer, you, you have all the faith you need. And here's why I say that. Because if you have enough faith to pray a prayer, it means that you believe there's a God in heaven who made this entire universe just by speaking it and willing it into existence. That is unlimited power. And you already, just by praying a prayer to this God, believe that he cares enough about you to listen to your prayers and act. That's a ton of faith. I mean, I don't know that you need more faith than that. Maybe that's why Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that you could say to this mountain, you know, be ripped up and thrown into the sea, and there it would go. Because you just need enough faith in a powerful God, and incredible things happen. And maybe, maybe you don't have faith because you, stopped, you started wondering somewhere along the way if God cares about you. But I want to encourage you, man, God cares about you so much. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you so that your sin could be forgiven, your past could be wiped away. You could have a, an eternity, a future in heaven. And then even today, God gives you his spirit. So you have the power to change, to, to get rid of destructive habits and live that righteous life. Man, you don't have to do all this on your own. God is helping you do it. He loves when you engage in this process of trying to live a righteous life. And so you can have faith today that there's a God in heaven who's powerful, who loves you, who cares about you. And let that spur you on towards prayer. So what's the action step here for living a life of faith? Well, here's what it is. If you've stopped praying for something, because I know what that feels like in my life, that there have been things that I'm just like, it's not happening. I've been praying for years, God, it's not happening. And I've just, somewhere along the way, I just, maybe I stopped believing that he could do it or would do it. And I just stopped praying for some reason. Maybe you need to start praying again. And we actually put something on the connection card too so you can fill it out because maybe that name of that person already came into your mind. Maybe the word that represents that dream that God put in you that's gonna help our community and it's gonna provide jobs for people and it's gonna help you do good work that's honoring to God, that that, that, that dream died somewhere along the way and you stopped praying about it and there's one word that represents that dream and you need to keep praying for it and say, God, in faith this week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it back up and that's what I'm gonna pray for. 
And if that's you, fill out the online connection card and check the box that says, I'm gonna start praying for it again. And if you, if you want to write that one word in there, because we as a staff and me as a pastor, we wanna pray with you about that one thing. But pick that back up and start praying in faith. Now to end our message today, I wanna talk to those of you who feel like You've been praying a long time, but you're not sure if the relationship is there. And maybe, maybe you started a relationship a long time ago and you just kind of wandered away from it. Maybe this is a first time in a long time thing for you, or maybe it's the very first time. But you need that relationship with God in your life. Well, I want to invite you to start that relationship with Him by praying the simple prayer. Maybe the prayer I pray, you need to make your own. So let's pray together now. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me, unless you're watching this in your car? <laughs> let's pray. God, I know that I need you. And my unanswered prayers have caused countless heartache in my life. But today, I want you more than I want the things you can give me. I'm sorry for trying to live life on my own power without you. I need you. I want to live your way. I believe Jesus died for my sins and is my forgiver. I believe that he rose from the dead and he is my leader. I want to follow him every day. Would you come into my life and change me? And teach me to live for you and pray in a way that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you prayed that prayer today with me, congratulations. It is a life-changing decision. Let us know. We have a free book we want to send you in the mail. Make sure you fill out the online connection card so that we can pray for you and set up baptism because baptism is always the next step of starting a relationship with God. You need to plunge your past away. Hey, that's the end of our series, Triumph Through Trials, as we've gone through the book of James. I hope it's been encouraging to you. Join us next week. We're doing a series called Life Hacks. And I've got this incredible teacher I want you to hear from. He's Cambodian. His name is Simon Sim. He's a church planter in the area. And he's going to share with you from the life of Mordecai about compassion in action. And we're going to go through Life Hacks is all about this. We look at Old Testament characters and say, if I could only tell you one thing from their life that would change your life, this is what it is. So I hope you'll join us for this next series. I'll see you next week. As always, don't forget to share this message. Even right now, it's not too late to get the word out there about the hope of Jesus Christ. God bless. See you later. I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of his love presence and grace.